0: Welcome to Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits.
1: I'm your host, Ken Gaggy, and welcome to Cider, the show where I play indie games and then interview the developers behind the game. This week's game is Cat Lateral Damage, released on May 27th for PC, Mac, and Linux via Steam by developer Chris Chung. Cat Lateral Damage is a first-person perspective cat simulator. You may have heard about this game when it was featured on PewDiePie's channel on YouTube over a year ago, a video that has since gotten over 4 million hits. Or you may have seen coverage of the game on Reddit, Kotaku, or Rock Paper Shotgun. Or you may have played a demo of it in early access on Steam or even on the web. Nonetheless, this game has been in development for about two years and has been garnering attention throughout that time, perhaps because it is such a bizarre and yet natural concept. You are a cat and your job is simply to do what it is that cats do and knock everything off every cabinet, counter, and shelf that you can find. Each level is procedurally generated and set in various homes, cabins, museums, and grocery stores. Things you can knock off shelves include not only books and picture frames, but also high-tech and expensive things like high-definition televisions and even complete dinosaur statues in the museum level. It's all played from a first-person perspective and you can use your joystick to control your left paw and your right paw separately so you can choose the direction in which you're batting objects. There's also a jump button and a meow button and that is the extent of the game's controls. As you play the game you can unlock various cats to play as and even find photos of other cats and dogs. These cats and dogs were put into the game as a result of Kickstarter backing that the game received around May of 2014 when it received over $60,000. ...on an original ask of only 40. I did not back the Kickstarter, but I did receive a review copy for the purposes of this podcast. And I also ride the same bus to work as Mr. Chris Chung, who I'll be interviewing in this episode. We don't work at the same place, but we do happen to be going in the same direction. And when I get on the bus in the morning and I see him playing his 3DS, I may ask, Hey Chris, what's up? And he'll tell me all about the latest Fire Emblem or Persona game. Another aspect of Cat Lateral Damage that makes it unique is its collaboration with Fire Hose Games... Firehose is responsible for such games as Slam Bolt Scrappers and Go Home Dinosaurs and Let's Quip. But Cat Lateral Damage is the first game to come out of their new accelerator program where they help local indies get on their feet. Accordingly, Chris Chung is a Firehose employee and this is his first game, so they're lending him a hand. I've previously played this game at such events as PAX East 2015 and also various Boston indie meetups and I was happy to finally get my hands on the full version which is now available on Steam for PC, Mac, and Linux with an MSRP of $9.99. And at the time of this recording, a very positive average review of 98 scores. All that said, let's get on to this week's episode of IndieCider. If you wish to watch me play the game while I interview Chris, you can find that on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GameBits. And you can also reach out to me on Twitter at GameBits for the suggestions of other games you'd like to see me play or developers you'd like me to interview. Of course, I always welcome feedback at feedback at IndieCider.net. Find more episodes at indesider.net, and leave a review on iTunes to help other people find this podcast. Or you can find my other podcast about equality and diversity in gaming at polygamer.net. Enough with the links. On with the show. Today I'm speaking with Chris Chung, creator and developer of Cat Lateral Damage, released on Steam for PC, Mac, and Linux. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you today? I'm very good. Excellent. So Cat Lateral Damage has been making headlines for literally years. People have been waiting for this game. It's been available on Steam Early Access, is that correct? Uh, Yes. There also is a free web-based version of the game?
0: Uh, Yeah, there was for a while. I actually took it down recently. Gotcha. (laughs) It was broken in Chrome.
1: (laughs) And you have to focus your development on the main product. Right. Right. And the main product is originally created years ago for a 7-day first-person shooter game jam, a 7D FPS... And when you released that title, you had the idea for a first-person cat simulator based on your childhood cat, Nippy, who's always knocking things off cabinets and counters. Mm -hmm. But what made you think after just seven days, oh, I can't just leave this here as part of a game jam? Because very often, ideas are tested in a game jam and then adapted into a full game, but it sounds like you actually realized you had a full game in that game jam and you had to dedicate the next two years of your life to realizing that dream? How did you go from just a game jam to a full product?
0: Uh, yeah, so I had been doing a bunch of little online game jams before and uh, I, I always you know, I'll put something up and read all the comments on it and everything I've put up before was just, you know, maybe a few people would play them. So this was kind of like the first game jam project that I put up that got a decent amount of like hits on it. Uh, there were you know, a bunch of people saying they liked it and it was a, a funny idea. And uh, it got mentioned in some of the the press around the the game jam. So I think uh, shortly after I put it up, I think it was like Rock Paper Shotgun and maybe Kotaku posted about it. Um, so that was like the first I guess press I had ever gotten on something that I made. Uh, and I think it was at that point I was like, you know, this this, this is a decent amount of people. It, it wasn't a lot but it was a decent, it was enough people talking about it that I I figured maybe if I worked on it a little bit more, um, it could be kind of like my first commercial release. And it actually wasn't until the following January like three or four months later that, uh, it, it just kind of, I, I had been working on it part time and it kind of just exploded on the internet. And, um, it was like front page of Reddit and all these gaming sites again. And, uh, and that was kind of when I knew it. it was like, well, I I kind of have to do this now. <laughs> like you know, there are a lot of people looking looking at this game now.
1: You mentioned Kotaku, Rock Paper Shotgun, Reddit. Those are not small names. How did you get your game in front of such large audiences?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> um, a, a lot of you know things that I've seen, especially in in terms of in regards to indie development, is you really have to kind of talk to the press a lot and kind of tell everybody about the game and does you know. Maybe they'll pick it up maybe not because you know there, there are thousands and thousands of games going out all the time I think it was kind of a little bit coincidence and just kind of the fact that I was putting it up online just readily available uh, it was it was really easy for people to find and pick up because um, I think uh, when I before I got all the big press in that, that January of last year, I was putting it up on on Reddit's game Dev community just to get feedback every week. And, uh, cause they, they do a thread that's just feedback Friday to get, uh, you know, post your project, people will play it. And I think just this, or I thought it was a small blog, like Tumblr blog posted about it. And I think from there people just kind of picked it up one by one, um, and it, it just kind of went from there.
1: Now, when you were developing the game, obviously, it had to be first-person shooter because that was the nature of the game jam. But a lot of other animal simulator-type games take place in a third-person perspective. Did you ever think about retooling it? Or what made you think that first-person was the best perspective for a cat simulator?
0: Yeah, you know, when I started working with, with Firehose, we were talking about um, kind of seeing what we could kind of rejigger and... Uh, fixed up for the final release and third person was one of those big things that we thought would would really help the game uh but yeah since, since the game jam was originally uh, about a first person you know make a first person game that's kind of where the roots were and it would have taken a lot of work to kind of retool it into a third person game uh and then for me i think just when i was i think the reason i kind of came up with this idea for that Game Jam was that I always wanted to play a game where you saw the world through the eyes of a cat, uh, because that's like a, a perspective that you don't really get to see often. So I think having a third person might have taken away from that a little bit, where you're not necessarily the cat, you're just kind of controlling a cat character. So the gameplay could be the same, but I think the experience would have been a little bit different.
1: You said you've always wanted to see through the eyes of a cat. So this wasn't just an attempt to capitalize on the internet's fascination with
0: cats? No, that's that's another thing that that you know I get asked a lot by people who who see the game. They're like, "Oh, you just you know went on Reddit and saw all the cat pictures and made a game for them." And no, honestly, it was you know for this game jam, I was like, "I want to I want to do a first person game." And I always grew up with cats. I I love cats and. Um, I was just thinking about, like, interesting games that I haven't seen before, and and my mind just went to cats. And I was like, well, I want to play a game with cats in it. Like, uh, (laughs) I I honestly was just trying to make a game that that I would enjoy playing um, and totally forgot that everybody on the Internet loves cats and and that a lot of other people uh, were looking for a game like this, too.
1: Well, you are the first player of your game. If you're not going to be happy with it, chances are nobody else will be either. Right, yeah. It seems like animal simulators in general are also quite popular on the internet. Not only whimsical stuff like Goat Simulator, but also more thoughtful games like Shelter 2, which technically isn't an animal simulator, but you do play as an animal. Do you see any sort of a, a a theme or connective tissue between these games that are making them popular that do we suddenly, as a society, feel a need to get in touch with our animalistic side? Or is this just our attempt to reconnect with nature after sitting in front of a computer for too long?
0: Um, I think you know, for the past few years or, you know, you know, 10, 20 years, a lot of the games the like big name games, AAA games have always been like, you're this really powerful guy going around and shooting things. And I think, you know, with the rise of like the indie games that have come out in the past few years, a lot of people are seeing that, you know, you can experience different things in games than just running around shooting things. (laughs) And I think, you know, we kind of get drawn to animals just because they're, you know, we have experience with them and it's, it's a unique perspective that you don't, really get to see often and you know you can watch documentaries or, or whatnot um, or read about animals but actually playing a game like playing as that animal is is a is a very unique experience and it's i think it's something that it's new for people and people are kind of tired of you know the old old type old style games and they want they want to see something new and um you know there's a lot of animals so <laughs> there's a lot of different uh, a lot of different paths to go with with animal type games
1: that's true. Historically, animal-based games nonetheless take an aspect of the fantastic for their games, such as Echo the Dolphin, and even those games, when was the last time we saw a new Echo game? Right, yeah. You know, nowadays we're more often playing as, you know, the beefy white male who's going around gunning everything down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it is a nice change to be a, the beefy white cat going around knocking everything down. <laughs> uh, speaking of these games being popular, I saw a similar game just came out. It's called My Garbage Cat Wakes Me Up at 3 a.m. Every Day. It's mm-hmm. a 2D game and you go around playing as a cat knocking everything off the shelf is, what, what do you think of that? Somebody, <laughs> Have you already demonstrated the popularity of this genre that they're already, excuse the pun, copycats? <laughs> yeah, it's, I
0: actually did see that recently. Um, and, and it's interesting. I don't, I'm, I, you never really know for sure if anyone's, you know, seen your game and was inspired by it or if they had come up with it on their own. Um, cause, Cause when I, started this game, when I started the Game Jam, I, I honestly had not seen a game where you play as a cat. Um, and, you know, after I had started development, I was I was curious. So I started Googling, you know, just different, you know, cat games, cat simulator games. Um, and I actually found, uh, like, two or three similar type games that were, there was one that was kind of a, a quick uh, I think it was probably also a Game Jam, like first person, um, a 3D first person cat game. Uh, and then there was also, like, an iOS game that came out in 2012, that was that was 2D, and it was it was very similar to the the Garbage Cat game, where um, it's basically a platformer where you walk around and, and knock things off. Um, and, and since I've been working on the game, I have seen a few other uh, type games. There was one, um, I believe it was it was made in Unreal. It was called Per Core. It was a third person game, and it, it was uh, very similar where you walk around a house and you can do cat stuff. Uh, but it was they had the camera back as a, a third person perspective. So. Um, I don't, I don't think I was... I definitely wasn't the first person to make a game where you're a cat messing stuff up. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I hope that it, it, it does actually inspire people to make, make other cat games, because I think there they definitely need to be more, more cat games.
1: Excellent. So you weren't the first, and you hope to not be the last. <laughs> right. Now, while you were working on this game for two years and it has been in the works for quite a while, what were some of the biggest challenges you encountered in bringing this game to bear? Because as I understand it, you are pretty much not only the lead developer, but the only developer. Did you have to exert or learn a variety of skills to make this game yourself?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I think I got lucky with the concept and at least a lot of the marketing <laughs> where uh, you know it, it got kind of popular early on and uh, it's a very simple concept to, to kind of to show people, and they, they kind of catch on. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the development stuff um, when I was starting, I was very new to the tools. I was u- using Unity, and uh, you know, I, I had taken some you know programming classes or whatever. But I uh, was more more skilled on the art side. So a lot of the early workings of the game were were difficult to put together because I wasn't very familiar with Unity or the programming. Uh, so you know, over the whole development, I've been learning. Brand new things, and I'm definitely much better at development now. Now that we're uh, you know about to launch the game, than I was when I started. So, I, I think the, a lot of the a lot of the struggles for me, at least, were were programming related.
1: Did you have any collaborators on this game, and if so, how did you find them?
0: When I started, it was it was just me. Um, and uh, when I started getting a bunch of uh, press for the game. I started talking with Firehose Games, which is was actually here in, in the Boston area as well, and they were trying to start a accelerator type program where they take on indeve- independent developers and kind of help them with marketing, business, and uh, just general development stuff, so that um, you know smaller teams like like me could you know focus on making a really great game. Yeah, it, it just happened to be like a the right right place, right time type thing, and <laughs> we started talking about it. And uh, yeah, and then we we just started collaborating. I think it was before PAX East. Um, that a few months after the the big press press burst. Um, and they they've definitely been helping with with you know the business end and some of the marketing. Uh, and, and even some some people here have been helping with uh, like on the art side and uh, helping helping crank out content and kind of rework some of the design stuff. Yeah, so I, I I'm the only person who's been doing like the coding. And and most of the design and stuff, uh, but there there are a few people that work in kind of part time with me here at Firehose just to to get the game done.
1: Now, when you say here at Firehose, are they your full time employer?
0: Uh, it, it, they're more like collaborators. So I'm my own kind of entity, uh, developer, um, and like I own own the rights to the game, and they help with. Um, like I said, business and all that, and, they, and desk space. I'm, I'm actually at their office right now. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're basically just, uh, yeah, just like collaborating where they'll, you know, working together and we, we end up splitting the, the revenue once the game comes out.
1: So when you're at their office and they see you working on cat lateral damage, it's not like, stop working on that pet project of yours. You have to work on our stuff. Right, you, right. You actually are working on their stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Now, another aid you had in creating this game was you actually majored in interactive media and game design at WPI, a alma mater that we share.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How much did having a formal education in game design prepare you to create a cat simulator?
0: I'm not 100% sure. Um, that's a thing that that I've, I've thought about a bunch, is, like, would I have been better off kind of getting just, you know, game development experience rather than a formal education? But... Um, I think personally it, it really helped me to kind of get started uh, because I I feel like I need kind of organization and, um, you know, the scheduling and just kind of projects to work on because without that, um, at, le- at least a few years ago I, I was not, you know, I, it was hard to motivate myself to get, get going on certain things. So I think, you know, having that kind of structure was helpful and also just having professors and other Uh, students that you know are in the same field uh, really helped Um, and and even now like there are other developers that have graduated WPI that I know of so it's it was kind of like a networking thing too, where um, instead of just you know starting new and having to meet all these people I already knew a bunch of people uh, from school that are in the industry so um, yeah I think I think for me it it was it was it was quite helpful um, to you know get started and uh, it, was, it, was it was a nice, nice launching pad into, into making, making games full-time.
1: And you also have the benefit of living and working in the Boston area, which has a thriving indie scene and a lot of weekly meetups that you can
0: participate in. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's been great.
1: <laughs> there was one key point in CatLateral Damage's development that really stands out for me, and that was when you had your game featured on PewDiePie's channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean that video has gotten over four million views, so you can talk about Rocky for shotgun and Kotaku, but that is a phenomenal amount of exposure. How did it feel to see your game show up on the most popular youtube channel there is?
0: yeah that was insane that was I, I remember the day that happened because we were preparing to launch our Kickstarter, and you know we we're talking about you know we need to. You know, talk to press or whatever, so that to get a lot of eyes on the Kickstarter, so we can, um, you know, meet our funding goal and all that. And I believe he put the video up like a week or two before we launched the Kickstarter. And uh, you know, it was just one of those things where you know I was on Twitter or whatever, and I have a search set up for you know if people talking about the game, and it was just like coming in really fast and just a lot of people like constantly posting about the video. Um, and and I had gotten some you know pretty pretty big. YouTubers before, um, like Markiplier and um, like Ann Venom, some some other uh, popular YouTubers that have made videos of the game and, uh, you know, have, have gotten to some attention. But yeah, this was like the the big one <laughs> where, uh, you know, you know, you know that you've made it when PewDiePie <laughs> makes a, a video of your game. And it was, it was, it was crazy. I, I remember because we weren't really ready to, it was, it was halfway through development. We were not ready to sell it and we were just about to launch a Kickstarter. So it was kind of like an awkward spot. Uh, and I remember when the video went up, I was like well we need to we need to do something so i I uh, you know changed the the website to add like a mailing list so that all the people who saw the video who were redirected to the website would have somewhere to kind of take action and like um, you know sign up for something if they couldn 't buy the game um, so but yeah I, I think that was that was really really helpful because um that I think that 's one of the big Big places where people hear about games these days is is watching video game uh, let's plays and and other videos and yeah it's, it's it was it was pretty awesome like just personally having seeing something that I made uh, up on there um, is yeah it was great.
1: As you said, the timing could not have been better because you launched your Kickstarter just a few weeks later in the spring or summer of 2014. Looking for forty thousand dollars, you got over sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Do you think that represents this unfulfilled desire to play as a cat? Or was it the timing of PewDiePie's channel just funneling people to your
0: Kickstarter? Yeah, th- I, think it, it, I think it's a combination of things. I think there were a few people who had seen the game when it got a lot of press a few months earlier. I think that definitely helped that it was kind of in the back of people's minds. So when the Kickstarter came up, uh, they were like, oh, I remember this. I'll, I'll, I'll back it. And yeah, definitely, there are a lot of of just people who love cats who just love the idea, and they they really just wanted to to help it. I think it definitely helped that we had some tiers, like uh, adding people's cat photos to the game, and even some to some higher ones to add their cats as playable characters in the game, Uh, because people people really love their animals, and they really, you know, I think this Kickstarter really helped them kind of memorialize their pet in, you know, some kind of media that, that a lot of people are going to see. So then, yeah, we have something like 20, 20, playable cats, and probably like over 230 photos of cats. So it's like, there, there are a lot of people who wanted their pets to be a part of the project. And that, that really helped. And yeah, definitely the PewDiePie video, I'm sure it funneled a lot of people in, um, as people were kind of hearing about the game. Yeah, I don't know, that's, <laughs> there are a lot of people who like cats.
1: Speaking of your Kickstarter, as I said, you raised $60,000, which is above your minimum goal, but short of the hundred k stretch goal for a PlayStation 4 version. However, you did participate in Free the Games through Ouya, so are we going to be seeing cat-lateral damage on other systems?
0: Uh, I hope so. <laughs> um, like I said before, I am uh, making the game in Unity, which is very easy to port to uh, a variety of platforms. Uh, so we're supporting uh, Windows, Mac, and Linux at launch on Steam and also OUYA and uh, you know after that if the game does well and we can justify uh, putting development time and and money into two other versions I think we could definitely do PS4 version we could do you know Xbox um, even Wii U I don't know Um, I would love to see it on on a bunch of consoles because it it already supports like controllers on Steam you know it, it plays really well with the controller so I think it can it can definitely be beyond anything although maybe not maybe not touchscreens or mobile because it's it's kind of hard to play first person games on those but um, yeah I'd love to see it on consoles
1: and of course a first person game is a natural fit for oculus rift
0: yeah yeah that that's that's a, one of the things that i that I thought about too is like it, it'd be awesome to just you know since it is first person have have that kind of immersion from from VR so you know yeah oculus rift maybe valves uh VR kit um, if we end up doing ps four i i can I, I bet they wouldn't let us, uh, you know, test, test the Morpheus.
1: <laughs> Sounds awesome. So two more quick questions. Mm-hmm. This game, at the time that this video airs, came out a week ago, but at the time that we're recording, it comes out tomorrow. You are less than 12 hours from launch. So how does that feel?
0: It's, it's exciting. It's, uh, yeah, like you said, I've been working on this game for a while, um, and it's, it's great to actually see it as a finished product. And I just can't wait to put it up and, and have people play it and just enjoy it.
1: I presume that you don't have any last-minute urgent items on your to-do list. If you're able to take the time to talk to me,
0: <laughs> um, I think there are a few bugs that that need to get fixed, but they're, they're they're very minor, very quick. Just just playing through the game, making sure there's nothing major that's. That's wrong, but overall, it's looking great so far.
1: Excellent. Now, this will be one of the first big games you've ever released that so prominently feature your name, and I want to know: How do you define success? What do you hope will happen next?
0: I mean, I think the obvious answer is, um, you know, money. (laughs) Like that's, I think that's a big thing. Um, But I think for me, I'm I'm not aiming for a big, uh, I guess, monetary like success. I, I think making enough money to at least fund my next project would be nice because I I really enjoy working in games and I really hate looking for jobs. So I, (laughs) I really, I really don't want to have to, um, go work at a software company or or something else that's, um, going to destroy my soul. So (laughs) making enough money to, to, you know, keep, keep making games as an indie developer, I think would, would be a success for me. But, um, I mean, even now just seeing a lot of people enjoy the game is, is, is really satisfying. And I think, um, even though we haven't launched yet, I think we've, we've already seen a, a decent amount of success.
1: I would say so, and I hope that you obtain the success that you so well deserve. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, and I look forward to seeing your game release and succeed. Thank you.
0: This has been IndieCider, a Bits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net.